This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata o Manawatu. It is the 24th of August. I can tell that by my computer screen. I believe that means it's a Tuesday, but it's lockdown. Who knows what's going on? Uh, although I should say, someone who does know what's going on, uh, as they should, is our guest on the catch up this morning, Mayor Helen Warboys from Manawatu District Council. Atamarie Helen. Uh, Morena Fraser. Yeah, you're right. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Um, we've been here before. We know what we're doing. I think we're probably a bit more chilled out about it, but it's still a bit weird. I, I, I'm going to contest that one. I think it's it, it's quite different from last time. Last time we were told, you know, a solid block of time we will be in lockdown. Everyone sort of came round to the idea. This one is very piecemeal. Another couple of days, another couple of days. You know, it was Wednesday till Friday, then it was Friday till Tuesday, now it's Tuesday till Friday again. It's just... No, I don't think people are, it's not as easy to get into a rhythm and I assume it's not necessarily as easy for councils to set up their operation centres. You know, no emergency has been declared necessarily and we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, absolutely right. Although you've only got to listen to the numbers every day that they come out with the new cases, etc. And you go, okay, that's not looking too good anytime soon. So, but, but you're right, and a pandemic is quite different. You know, for our civil defence emergency team, you know, we're used to dealing with floods or, you know, something that you can see and feel, uh, whereas this one's silent. And it's, so it's very different, and uh, we're managing it very different as well. We've got a team of five in the office. They rotate each week. Uh, they stay away. Each team is isolated from the other one. So we've got really good measures in place. We're meeting with our welfare agencies every day by Zoom, uh, which we did last time. That's a really good way to get a feel for what's going on in the community and where the needs are and how we help each other. And so are the needs the same as the last lockdown or have people uh, has the resilience built so that there's there's less required? I think people um, know what to do, but like you said at the start, we went into this without any warning, so people weren't able to, they, we only had a few hours to prepare for this. Uh, I think one of the things uh, our staff are doing, as we did last time, is delivering prescriptions from the health centre. Uh, that's an essential service, and it's a great service that our team can offer, and um I think, you know, it's different this time in that the Ministry of Social Development are handling the food request uh, and some of those welfare requests. So we're simply the conduit for the community to make contact and then we pass information and make sure it gets to the right people to be dealt with. So a little bit different to last time. 
Yeah, um, Hugh, just before the break, was talking to Kim Penny from uh, Palmerston North uh, Methodist Social Services about the food bank there and how people can access that. It seems to be people seem to have more systems. Uh, I guess the, the the luxury here, if you can call it that, is we have firsthand experience from a response point of view, from an emergency management point of view, on how to deal with this very issue. Um, it, you know, it's it's almost identical as opposed to even earthquakes and floods. We might understand those, but it might happen in a place that we weren't prepared for. Absolutely. But look, you can't take it away. I still absolutely, my heart goes out to our our businesses, particularly the small guys, um, those businesses and their workers, you know, uh, um, like you say, we don't know when we're coming out of this or how long it's going to be. So again, it's, it's their livelihood, you know, it's cash flows, it's all of those things for families. And I think that's, you know, we're already seeing some of that increased family violence, those kind of domestics, those kind of things reported from the police. And I guess when people come together and they're uncertain, the money's not flowing in, you know, and you don't know when you're going back to work, that's when I absolutely feel for people. But it's, again, it's about everybody looking after each other. So, you know, if you've got a young family next door and you, you know, and you know that things might be tough, just reach out to them, give them a phone call, chat over the fence. Um, you know, I think this is where communities can really stand up. And, I, and you know, we did that with, you know, we were the first uh, drive-in vaccination centre in the country, even though the media haven't promoted that. But, um, but it's, 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 so that's been fantastic. And, again, that is showing all of our agencies working together and the power of what you can do together. Yeah, it, I, I was talking to Jimmy Ellingham from the Manawatu Standard yesterday. We talked about the uh, the, the drive-in uh, vaccination centre, but also um, because I have to come to the station the odd time, I drive through Palmerston North, and the, like, during last lockdown. People were walking around their, their neighbourhoods in a kind of happy way. It was like, well, we're going to make the most of this. We're going to get some exercise, walk around the local area. You see people avoiding each other. People are walking around this time, but in a far more sort of dejected manner. It's the, oh, no, not this again. The, the novelty's worn <laughs> off. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, um, I've been catch, uh, dropping in with my friends on the phone and saying, you know, how things are going. And for most of them, it's it's this is great so far. It depends how long it goes for. You know, we're getting all those odd jobs done. The things we we put off doing. It's nearly spring, so spring cleaning and all that kind of stuff, which I wish I had time for. But um, yeah, but there are. You know, when I've uh, been into town and come back, I've seen people out there. Um, yeah, but it's good to see families together out there. Uh, Mum, dad, you know, the kids want wandering around. Grandma maybe with them if she's in their bubble. So. Um, there are some positives from this that we take some time out and reflect on what is important. Um, the Obviously, um, it, most of this is focused in Auckland and, and uh, the Coromandel and, and Wellington, but of course we had that um, uh, place of interest, uh, location of interest in Bulls. Someone obviously on the way north uh, stopped off in Bulls. Did that community respond well, appropriately to that? Um, to be honest, I don't know. I haven't caught up with Andy from Rangitiki about um, about that. But <clears throat> every time it's something that's close to home, of course, it puts you on edge again and go, oh, no, you know. But we're assuming it's people travelling through. 
um, whether they were trying to get home. The government gave people that opportunity to get home, so we can just assume that it was that. But, look, you know, we're taking all the precautions we can, and and as long as people play by the rules, um, you know, we'll get through this. Um, we're we're in lockdown at least until Friday. Um, is there any additional services that Manawatu District Council's uh, emergency centre will be ramping up, or are you just going to keep things static uh, until Friday and then revisit then? Uh, just continuing as normal, unless unless the circumstances change, unless we see um, a need for change. But it's it, as it was last time. It's just ring the council number three two three double o double o. And uh, our contact team are, are, are there. They're able to provide information, advise people, and uh, also pass their needs on to the relevant agency. And like I said, the fact that we Zoom in every day with all of our agencies, including MSD, the police, um, our welfare people, the food banks, etc., we're getting a really good picture of what's going on. And there's been some isolated one or two things um, to pick up on and who can help who, but I think... You know, if, if we keep this going, we know it worked last time, and it's just just assuring people that it's only a phone call away. Uh, a number of mayors, particularly in the South Island, are um, chomping at the bit to uh, get the alert levels brought down. In fact, some people are suggesting the South Island should just be, you know, back back to normal, uh, let the North Island deal with it. Um, th- there are no cases there. Um, assuming nothing sort of changes substantially between now and Friday, w- would you see Manawatu being in a similar position as, as being deserving <laughs> of coming down the alert levels quicker than some other areas? Oh, look, I, I look. there'll be a whole lot of detail and data behind all this that I don't have access to, but who knows, you know, and the, Auckland being Auckland, the main centre, there were so many people that were in Auckland who have now gone home, so I guess that we need that time, you know, it's what is it, five, six days now, um, that we need that time to actually see is that going to spread out further, and the same in the South Island I recall it's only a few days ago the radio was talking about potential uh, contact cases down in the South Isle. I think it was Christchurch or Dunedin. And so obviously they've come back negative. So, you know, we've just got to be, I, I don't think the time frame's been long enough yet to know that. Mm. Um, do you think that the every time the, the, there's an, an outbreak, I say every time, there's been two or three, but every time it happens, we are going on this hard and early and elimination response where the rest of the world seem to be kind of giving up and just letting it run rampant and getting the vaccinations done uh, as a way of, of dealing with it. Is this how we should be doing it, this isolated country in the middle of nowhere going for elimination? and a slow and steady rollout of vaccinations? Well, I think if we'd absolutely stayed to our own country without the borders being opened, you know, that's where the problem and uh, the cynical people were saying it's only a matter of time before that bubble with Australia, it comes back to bite us and that's exactly what happened. But I think, um, you know, being at the bottom of the world, I think it is the right way to go. Um, but from the understanding that I have is that the, the once we get as many people as possible vaccinated, then at some point you do have to say the, the world has to carry on. Businesses need to go back. People need employment. Um, and so the economy, you know, we can't let the economy fall over either. So at some point you're right, but I guess 
the government will be getting all of that information to find out when is the right time to do that. But eventually we are going to have to do that and just say, you know, it's no different to the flu. You you get a booster every year and there'll still be some people that get it and potentially there may, may be some people who lose their lives. But at some point we have to live with this. Well, and and as you say, we do live with the flu and I don't want us to be thrown into the same bucket as the conspiracy theorists that said, oh, COVID's just like the flu. It's not, but the way we can handle it will be. Yes, we need to follow. You know, you've only got to think back to the Spanish flu and and, um, I reflect my grandfather. He told me he was the only child, boy, male boy child in his street alive during the Spanish flu epidemic. Um, And so they had no vaccine. They just had to deal with it. And millions of people died. So, you know, this is another sort of pandemic along that line where, but this time we have some vaccination, we have technology and science, and we should use it to make sure that as fewer people as possible, um, you know, lose their lives or get seriously sick. Well, um, we'll just we'll we'll wrap up this part of the the catch up Ed, with a reminder uh, to people that that number oh six three two three double o double o. If you need a, a prescription picked up, the Manawatu District Council staff can help you with that, and they are your conduit uh, to all the other necessary information and services. Uh, anything to add to that, Helen? Uh, just, just you know, please, if you haven't had uh, vaccinations, if you live in the Manawatu district, you can ring the Fielding Health Centre to make an appointment for that drive-through and just pleading with people, even though in the weekend it wasn't a booking system, it was free just to drive in, that is not the case anymore. It is just for Manawatu residents and you must book in. But, you know, um, full credit to, to all of those people involved in getting that drive-through centre going. It's working incredibly well. Uh, over the weekend, they did 1,250 jabs. Yesterday, they did another 700. Uh, the council staff delivered 220 prescriptions. So, you know, we are making a difference in the community. And so my hat's off to everybody that's uh, that's been involved in making that happen. Now, maybe you can answer a question for me, and I'm, I'm assuming this is related, and may, maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone on a joyride. I don't know. But every morning, literally just before I left home this morning to come and do this interview, and every evening I see a big black helicopter uh, going uh, through the sky uh, towards the sort of fielding palmy area in the morning and then back the other way. Is that to do with vaccinations or testings, or am I just uh, <laughs> clutching at straws? It's been every day for the past four or five days. Well, could be. The, the honest answer is I have no idea, uh, which is very interesting. But if you think about it, they do have to get vaccines around the country on a daily, if not more often than that. And what better way, safe way to do it by helicopters. So uh, could well be. If anyone knows, uh, do let us know. Uh, info at npr.nz. I'd be very interested. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of air traffic around my place, but not big black helicopters very often. Uh, right, we are on the catch-up with Mayor Helen Warboys from Manawatu District Council. Obviously, uh, COVID dominating the first part of the interview, but other things uh, are still happening uh, as well, or have happened since we last uh, talked, Helen, uh, including uh, some council meeting highlights. Uh, have you been meeting via Zoom or is that all being postponed for now? Uh, yes, we have. <coughs> Excuse me. We had our council meeting last Thursday via Zoom, and uh, <coughs> we've been there before. 
Oh dear, I think we're having problems with the Zoom connection. Uh, we'll give it another couple of seconds. She, no, uh, Helen appears to have frozen in her entirety. We will try and get her back for the remainder of the catch-up. But for now, here's Renee Therese. You'll remember uh, from the live to air that we had uh, just before lockdown, she uh, promoted her new album. Here's the title track, Better With Friends. <laughs> Therese Better with friends on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata O Manawatu. We're going to rudely interrupt before the end of the song because we are in the middle of the catch up and we do have Mayor Helen Warboys on the reliable telephone. Uh, there you, are you there, Helen? Absolutely, yes. Uh, isn't technology fantastic when it doesn't work? <laughs> Indeed, uh, but we, we have you back and that's the main thing. We were talking about council meetings. Uh, you had one last Thursday uh, via Zoom. I assume that worked better than uh, our experience this morning. Oh, absolutely. It went fantastically well and uh, the challenge for me was uh, chairing it from home with no support around me and uh, that also went well, so we were really pleased. But it, I guess the, the key highlight that listeners would be interested in is that we made some decisions around the representation review and that was triggered uh, because council approved having a Maori ward from the next election next year and so we had to go back and have a look at the makeup of council. Uh, the first thing we had to decide is do we have any communities of interest and uh, the answer is very much yes, we do in the Manawatu district. So we voted to continue with a rural ward and an urban ward, plus the Maori ward. Uh, we then had to, t- uh, to think about how many councillors do we want uh, around the table, and uh, we voted and agreed to continue with five in each of our wards, five rural, five urban, plus our Maori candidate and the mayor. So... Um, so it's business as usual, and the the last one we had to uh, vote on was whether we set up community boards or not, and it was we were very much against doing that. We have uh, now 16 district-wide community committees that work incredibly well, so we saw no reason to put it into a more formal uh, system with a community board. Did uh, any of the existing community committees want uh, to a uh, more formal board arrangement? I'm thinking, uh, as we talked about last time, uh, Bunnythorpe's approach to the city council uh, to try and get a community board. No, we didn't. Um, there was overwhelming support from our community committees to continue as we have, and I think that speaks to the success of um, how our community committees work you know, they're, they're doing the same things as a community board, but without that formality. Uh, and the key thing is that these people are volunteers on the community committees. They're passionate about what they do, and they're really keen to see their communities thrive. 
and with council supporting them, uh, that works incredibly well. So we saw no reason to change that. Uh, going back to the uh, representation in terms of rural, urban and, of course, the Māori wards now, has the, has the uh, community responded to this decision or will they get a chance to just to ensure that they're happy or have you been consulting along the way? We've been consulting. We had a, a pre-engagement with the community and uh, so and their feedback came back. Um, and so now that information will go back out to the community um, but I think, you know, the feedback we've got from the community is that what we've got works, the representation um, from rural and urban. But I, I guess, you know, you, we also need to remember that once a councillor is uh, elected, when they uh, join council, they swear to make decisions that are best for the whole community rather than just the ward that they've been elected from. But, it's, but the representation is making sure that there is a voice around the table from all of those communities of interest around our district. And even in our rural community, we used to have a northern and southern ward, um, but the population data and the rules you have to play by don't stack up to do that because north and south have very different um, common interests, even just the type of uh, farming that takes place in the northern part versus the south. So... Uh, you know, the, I'm sure the, the community will be very comfortable with carrying on with the status quo. Very good. We're here with Mayor Helen Warboys on the catch-up this morning. Uh, you have in the last five minutes or, or so of the, the interview this morning, Helen, an update on the Three Waters uh, process. This is just the gift that keeps on giving uh, in, in terms of something to talk about. There's always something else, and, and it's normally in the form of another question. Oh, look, absolutely. We've got questions galore. We we had a session last week, Local Government New Zealand, who are representing us uh, with the government on the Three Waters reform. They offered to come around councils and have a conversation about some of the concerns that we had. So we took them up on that and um, we were able to put all of our key questions that we had to them. And they didn't necessarily have the answers, but they, we, it was... I guess it was um, comforting to know that other councils have similar concerns, particularly our rural communities, uh, the rural councils, you know, about our rural community water schemes, of which we have a few. You know, how, how's that going to work? How's that going to be managed? Uh, and, and then there's the requirement for rural properties supplying two or more homes with a single source of drinking water. You know, how's that going to be managed? Um, you know, getting farm plans in place and... Uh, you know, and the rural community are just asking for details. But I guess uh, the, the thing that we do know is that a lot of this is evolving. And, uh, you know, as the government's made the decision, this is the way they want to go, the details of how it will work are being put together as they roll through this. But the loud and clear message is that this is being done to us, not with us, and it's happening far too fast. And, and I'm just hoping with covid that the government listen and um, they reset and just take a bit more time to, to to go to take us on this journey. So I mean, well, this is this will be the turning point, won't it? Whether they they push on uh, with their idea and remove that opt-out option uh, or take longer. I mean, the, the, the opposition party are, are, are uh, uh, screaming from, well, certainly the leader, Judith Collins, screaming from the rooftop saying, we will not have a dictatorship in this country. But it's, it sounds like it, it's getting to that point, it's particularly in this issue. 
oh, look, you can go down the politics of it. But I guess, you know, this is totally going away from where uh, communities are saying they want more um, influence to come from local communities because one size doesn't fit all. And a lot of the stuff we're seeing coming out of government is a one size fits all and it just doesn't work. You know, for example, you take the national policy statement on urban development you don't need to allow for a garage now or parking on site when you build a house. Well, I get that if you're in central Wellington or Auckland or Christchurch where they're looking to fit more people in, higher density housing, etc. But how does that work in a rural community? We are totally reliant on vehicles to get around. And all I can see from that one is that the parking issue will now be put on the councils to find space for parking on the road. So... You know, that's just one example of one size doesn't fit all. And, you know, I think the Three Waters is in exactly the same space. No one's saying that we don't want... um, We did need water standards and we totally support the new water regulator, but it's how this is all going to be rolled out and delivered. It does look very much like top-down. It, 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 it does seem bizarre, I grant you, that there is no consideration for the, the variety of, of needs and variety of infrastructures across the country. I mean, it, it, there's no real excuse for that, surely. Well, they're taking the lowest common denominator and saying that some communities have underinvested, which is true, and some communities need a huge amount of money spent on them to bring their infrastructure up to play you know, wastewater treatment plants being a, a really good example. Um, but And we accept that, that some communities have, but then communities like ours have invested well. And under this scheme, we just see that we're going to be end up being penalised for having invested well, but also under this new proposal, we would end up cross-subsidising other communities through the entity that we're uh, slotted into um, to bring them up to standard. And You know, we don't believe that we've had fair compensation or or the proposal, the compensation that's being talked about, they're saying it doesn't reflect um, the investment that the community's made. So it's more related to, you know, the land size, to uh, debt levels, etc., not the amount of investment that our community's already made to date and paid. And, you know, and if we're joining an entity and subsidising other communities, uh, the, the message loud and clear is that the, the cost of three waters and the bill that uh, ratepayers will get, regardless of whether it comes from council or a new entity, will, will be higher. The standards will be lifted. There are people saying, why do we need to lift the standards? You know, why do we need a gold-plated system uh, that we can't afford? So there's a whole lot of fundamental things that uh, we struggle with. And, and around our council table, you know, we're not convinced yet um, that this is a good option for us, particularly when we still don't know about opt-out. Is it still an option? And if it is, what does it look like? Well, there we go. We'll have to watch this space. We are out of time on the catch-up this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning, uh, Mayor Helen Warboys from Manawatu. Remember, if you want to uh, take, make use of the welfare services that MDC are uh, putting on, uh, 06 323 uh, that will get you in touch with the call centre. You can get your prescription uh, delivered uh, or get access to a range of other uh, facilities as well. We'll 
We'll be back tomorrow on the catch-up with an addition with Palmerston North City Council uh, looking at how they're responding to the pandemic. Make sure you join us tomorrow at half past eight. And if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the catch-up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We'll be back tomorrow. Join us then. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.